Smithy, this episode of Blitzed brought to you by the Core Lords from Sussex Inlet. Uh, been around for a long, long time, still going strong. Core product, primo product, tough product made by fucking surfers for surfers. Ocean and Earth, mate. Oceanandearth.com.au. Get on there. Travel coffins, board bags, surf hats, fucking ponchos, you name it, bro. They got everything. Support the Cregan Surf Dynasty, Brian <laughs> Darrow Tobes. Go on, cough up a bit of cash for the call ones. <laughs> get on there, mate. You gotta get in behind the crew who support Ain't That Swell. Ocean and Earth, core to dust. Competition surfing. Rashies. Yes, welcome to Blitzed Pure Tour Nerdism Vaughn. We're only a few sleeps away before the big dance, <laughs> the NFL Grand Final, or what do you call it, the fucking Super Bowl, yep. the Grand Final, yep. uh, the, the NASA Space Launch all rolled into one. Can't wait. Forecast. Look, we're going to get into all the, the bits and bobs and details of it, but uh, look, the forecast is all important at this point. It is. Last time I checked, wasn't looking the best, nah. which is fully depressing and, and a little bit scary, but plenty of waves. It's just a matter of the winds. Mm. Uh, and as we know, you know, especially with the amount of wet weather and storms circulating around the North Shore at the moment, it can all change. So uh, keep your fingers crossed. Hold vigil, swellians. We could be on. Well, now, how are you feeling, Smithy? How are you feeling about it all? Because uh, I've got to say, mate, the feeling I've got when I think about the new season, I was thinking about this uh, maybe about a month ago when the first, like, you know, Lexus Pipe Pro advertisings went out, and I was going, whoa, how am I feeling about it? Like, like is the WSL going to sink, or is it going to swim this year? Like, yeah, I, I did a post in light of, you know, my own feelings of, like, where am I at with the was this year? And, um, mate, the Swellians let rip, bro, 141 comments on the post of Phil lifting the trophy from last year, which is uh, obviously, you know, instantly going to get up people's noses and fucking start getting them itching and scratching and kind of carrying on. But uh, I just want to give you a, a little bit of the taste of the, of the mood out there because uh, it does feel like that the core fan has just been polishing all off-season the steel cap knob on the end of their periwinkles to just insert it straight up the uh, prolapsed corner of the was if anything goes awry, my friend. Uh, but here's what the Swellians had to say. Sauce bottle, meh. Uh, GOOF, I'm over the crappy format. Travis Gray, there better be swell this year. Uh, Squidstagrams, I'm tapping out till they move the finals to a wave of conequence. Boycott. Uh, John O'Barnes, yeah! Everything after pipe is a snooze fest. Uh, Ronnie Coote, the great slab shaman from the Sunny Coast, kicked in here. The whole thing sucks. <laughs> they actually have obliterated its core roots. Timmy Baker, the uh, 92 Gold Cone Port Piece award-winning oh, journo. Many he's won. Daft way to start the year with its climax and ending where? Trestles? It's upside down town. <laughs> Good point. Yep. Uh, Kit Aloha, a, a core surf warrior who I used to hang out with up in San Francisco. On your kit. Good to hear from you, brah. World Snooze Fest. Zouch. Oh, it's never ending, mate. Avenue Vintage. He issues a dire warning here. Completely obsessive professional surf fan who's past the point of hope and caring and well and truly into the apathy stage. Used to never miss a heat. Now I couldn't give a fuck. 
and that's a shame. Uh, Sammy Andel, who uh, you would know as Pauline Mensah's partner and Swelly oh, yeah. and Queen. Sammy. Sammy, she made a bold prediction here, Smithy. Carissa will come out blazing, win pipe, and then sack off the tour forever, make a comeback for the Olympics where she'll win another medal. This is way before uh, Carissa announced she was retiring. So no Sammy, way. onto it, mate. I don't know. She's just tapped in. She's tapped into the mana. And uh, Lev Jones says, Trestles can eat my shaft, Ooh. Smithy. So, Jeez. mate, I mean, lick your finger, stick it in the air. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of sour grapes out there, brother. Mm. I think a lot of people are, are just not feeling it. Uh, I'm no oracle, mate, but I kind of feel like the opposite. I've kind of started to feel like things are building and maybe we might be in for a good one. Uh, mind you, I have also thought that Geordie Smith and Kaloa Hayandino would make some sort of late career run at the world title. And, uh, yeah, we all know how that went, mate. <laughs> Fucking melted into a puddle. Pure asterisk fest over oh there. Oh, my Fucking God. Corn's galore. Fucking corn. It's non-stop asterisks. The only uh, melters who'd know anything more than those two would be Greg Norman and Ian Baker Finch, two oh, of the yeah. great melts. Um, but, yeah, mate, uh, I just feel optimistic and... and it's mostly based on looking and focusing on positives rather than just sort of, you know, jumping on board that, that train that the Negatrons are running on that fucking was corn, mate. It's, uh, it's so easy to do, isn't it? Just rip the boot in to, uh, to someone. But, yeah, I do feel, especially after hanging with Jackie Robbo and, and looking at sort of these, these new rivalries that are starting to pop up all over the place and, and the venom that's starting to sort of bubble up from those rivalries. You know, once great mates like Kanoa and Griffin all of a sudden just really starting to turn on each other. Uh, Molly in the mix, that generational change in the women's. Sort of feels like it could be a good year if Huey turns up. Mm. Yeah, look, sport for me is always about the stories at play and there's plenty mm. of good stories at play in this year. I mean, Philippe Toledo in line to potentially win three straight and immortalise himself as yeah. one of the, the greatest to ever do it. Uh, and, and you look at the, the last three years already and he is out and out the most consistent surfer in the world. For sure. Two world titles and a runner-up to Gabe Medina. Uh, you know, I think the, the lineup of events is really good. Having Cloudbreak back, look, I'll take Cloudbreak over J-Bay. Mm. Uh, a consequential Pacific cone uh, versus, you know, the chess match, the, the iconic down the line right. Cloudbreak, it, it's kind of the, the goofy's answer uh, to J-Bay for the natural footers. So I think that's a good addition. Um, yeah, look... The heavy hitters, they're all available for the men's side of the draw. John John, Jack Robbo, Medina, two-time Phil. Um, the Australian fans, plenty to like. Jacob Wilcox yep. finally gets his yep. start after 10 years on the queue. Spow. Precisely the year that Cloudbreak's coming back into mm-hmm. the fold. Uh, so can't wait to watch him out there. Can't wait to watch him at Pipe, at Chopes. Uh, not to mention his home break, Margs. Big, side, big backside power hitter with plenty, of course, in the open ocean rights, old Chippo. <laughs> Uh, interesting, you know, how's this resurgent Californian movement going to go in the yeah. big leagues? The, the two percenters absolutely ran a mark on both sides of the draw last year in the yep. Changers. Uh, are they the new Brazilian storm? And can they get Griffin back in the final yeah. five and, and bag him a title at Trestles? Uh, yeah, on the women's, will this be Molly Picklum's year? Uh, how are the chicks going to go at Cloudbreak, yep. Chopes, Pipe, if who he delivers? Cones of mortal consequence. Yeah. 
look, there's a lot of really interesting stories at play. Yeah. I think the problem is with professional surfing as a product is that the stories are always amazing. The matchups are mm. always amazing. But if the waves don't show up, it's a fucking snooze fest. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, yeah. really struggles. It often has this really anticlimactic feel to it. You're looking at the heat matchups and you're just absolutely salivating at mm. the prospect of the talent going head to head. But the waves, if they don't deliver it, it makes it unwatchable. And that's just been the pattern we've been in for the last 12 yeah. months. So it really comes down to that for mine. <clears throat> yeah. If they get good waves, we're going to have the greatest spectacle uh, ever. And if they don't, well, it, it's going to be unwatchable mm. shit. Uh, I mean... In a perfect world, you have J-Bay and Cloud Break on tour. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand why they can't fucking pull that off. <laughs> I mean, we had yeah. it. We are, yeah. I, I hate when things go backwards in life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, with Bugs as the Grand Shaman, look, we had the dream tour. And, and why do we not no longer have it? Well, that's be probably because the head shaman doesn't have the, the core credibility and deep surf mm. now. So who is the head shaman? Exactly. Yeah. That's the fucking million-dollar question. I don't know who that person mm. is still. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've got Miley Dyer and Perro in the mix there. Look, two Aussie core lords who know their way around mm. filthy cones mm -hmm. and, and quality conditions, uh, both CT-level surfers. So they're, they're, they're there and thereabouts, yeah. but really there needs to be some leadership at the top yeah. and, and, and a, a better understanding of you know the fact that the WCL's core credibility stocks are on the slide big time. Mm. And Trestles, look, it, it's just not where we should be finishing this world nah, tour. Nah. It's, a, it's, it's a given that. Um, mind you, mind you, I, I'm not going to defend Trestles as the, as the finals day spot. I think it, it's well known, it's well said, the entire surfing world is off it. You know what I mean? Like, no one believes in it. Maybe other than the people who are there on the day and experience sort of that Californian hype machine in real time. Because it, it can be a spectacle. Mm. I know that if Dirk Ziff is turning up on finals day and walking around and it's just chock-a-block and the energy's fucking going through the roof, he's going to be going, ha, we've killed it. We've killed it. What's everyone on about? But, I mean, that's kind of like the Emperor's New Clothes, isn't it? You're, just, you're not seeing the rest of the year. You just turn up to the, the one comp where everyone's got, like, you know, pumped up and... You're not getting a, a yeah. real indication of what's going on, regardless of the numbers. But one thing uh, that you and I were privy to uh, at the single fin at the very start of the year, if, if you didn't uh, listen to the Cosmic Apricots from that ep, is uh, Jack Robbo like, was just so dismissive of people being eggy about that final eight trestles. He was just like, and it, it gave me a little bit of a, I don't know, like I, I just reconfigured my sourness about it a little bit, I guess, you know, because he's going, no, 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 we're Aussies, we're winning fucking anything, mate. Like, don't worry about it. And regardless of the fact that, yeah, Phil is a mountain to climb, fucking, it happens all the time, man. And, like, his belief that he'll get it done no matter what the fucking ocean's doing is one of the real, I guess, turning points for me and how I'm looking forward to this year now. The other big one is... Like, you know, the idea that a fully fit Medina, a fully fit John John, you know, these titans who, are, you know, John John hasn't won a world title since 2017, dude. I think that's going on like seven years, isn't it? Or something like that. Uh, Medina, he got his last in 2021. The entire world has been waiting for these two to go at each other. Uh, and regardless of like how it pans out at Trestles, like the, the idea that they could hit these marquee stops on tour and hopefully the swell is cooking and they meet in a few finals like like that Andy Kelly year in 2003. Oh, brah, brah, brah. That gets me pumped, Smithy. Like, 
Just those two. Just those two. If they can find the motivation to just go at each other. Mm. Yeah, could be mental. The more I think about it, the more this grand final situation at Trestles doesn't really work for me. The fact that someone like John can go out and dominate at Cloudbreak, at mm. Chopes, at Pipe, at Margs, uh, and elsewhere... And, and get to that final event with such a lead and not win the world title. I mean, we've seen it happen over and over again with Carissa, even Phil. Uh, it just doesn't really seem to reward the best surfer on tour all year. And the fact that it's decided in, in marginal conditions is just a real mm. slap in the face to what really surfing is about. The pinnacle of the sport, in, in my mind, yeah. is uh, being able to you know show courage and display skill under fire in, in serious conditions and... Uh, the surfer who does that best all year doesn't get the just the desserts. Well, uh, is it is it any surprise that Carissa's walking away? Like, you know, yes, it might be uh, a sort of a cosmic decision in one way, but you cannot deny that those two losses have played into it. Like, what's the point? If she's the best surfer all year and she doesn't walk away with the trophy because it's like, you know, this fucking mediocre sort of gutless beach swell on a fucking pretty uncon well. Definitely unconsequential wave. Like, what's the Queen supposed to do? Just keep copping it? Mm. Yeah. No. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge, like, if you're the WSL and you're watching a, 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 an athlete of Carissa's standing and uh, the, what she's achieved, Olympic gold medalist, turning their back on you in the prime of their career, still got world titles to go. We, we saw Steph have that remarkable run at Trestles a couple of years ago. Like, man, that's, that's got to be alarm bells, doesn't it? Has to be, Smithy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's a tough one, man. Uh, I mean, for a Hawaiian chick who's, uh, you know, won multiple world titles at Waves, like Honolulu Bay, yeah. a, a big, that is a, a fitting finale for a Hawaiian. Big, long period, hollow, powerful, right? Uh, you know, that makes a lot more sense. It, it, it is the, the cherry on top of an amazing world title year to then take it to trestles and, and compete in marginal conditions and get done time and time again by Steph uh, on a roll uh, in essentially like a, a shortened right point. She's fucking unbeatable in conditions like that. Yeah, and then up against Caroline going down in, in, in semi-fat rights. Ah, mm. uh, fuck, mate. That, that's a depressing and, and demoralizing way to lose back-to-back -back world titles. I mean, you look at where she'd be if she wins both she, those, she's she, on seven. Steph's on seven. seven yeah. uh, and she's equal Femgo. And you've got the biggest story in women's pro surfing history playing out because you've got the two goats on tour, both fucking ready to rip each other's throats out to, to be the very, very best. Huge missed opportunity. Oh. Like crazy. The, the WSL will be kicking themselves yeah. over that. And it's a weird one because the WSL, yeah, sure, they get... The stadium effect, you know, that's essentially why Trestles is so appealing to mm. them. They get the bums on seats, they get the big kind of arena feel, and they get a pretty world-class wave, uh, if it's good. But for me, it doesn't tick either box, really. Y you don't get the the crazy pandemonium of uh, a Stubby's Pro, and you don't really get a world-class wave either, uh, So far, from what we've seen so far. It's been fun-ish. I guess the most disappointing thing is is that you get to the end of the year and regardless of what happens throughout the year, it's going to be a fizzer. Like, it just isn't going to fucking reach the uh, heights of, like, a bombing final at Chopes or a bombing swell at Chopes or cloud break or pipeline or any of that. So, like Tim Baker says, you start with your climax and you just slowly whittle it down into this place where you're just kind of going, all right, well, fuck, let's see how it goes.
You know what I mean? Oh, like, absolutely. That's, that's the kind of mood, right? Like, oh, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes here. Like, can anyone beat Phil? Can, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it needs attention. It needs urgent attention. But finals aside, Smithy, the year, it, it is poised to be enjoyed. Like, I, I feel like, you know, I, I fucking want to love it. Like, I want to love it badly. I want to see a couple of things go down, like you said, in these, in these stories that shock us and surprise us and make us fucking jump out of our chairs because it's capable, man. It can do it. Yeah, and sometimes I think maybe kind of like what David Gingell said, the you know, ITN club president, Channel 9 <laughs> CEO way back yeah. in the day, that, that pro surfing is just simply not built for TV. Yeah. Maybe he's very right and maybe there's other ways to cover this that make it uh, a, a really good and compelling product. Like growing up, um, you know, the broadcasts weren't, they didn't even exist when I was a grown, yeah. really. And, uh, you know, you were, you were kind of reading these contest reports in tracks by Sean Doherty that was super detailed and amazing yeah. and really brought you into the both the, the heats as well as the, the mizzen scene, the, the, right. the ambience of the event. And yeah. uh, I don't know if podcasts can maybe fill that void now, uh, but maybe there's another way to kind of create the, the suspense and drama because mm. it is there. It's all there. It's just that watching two guys bob up and down in sideshore, uh, you know, slow lully conditions, mate, there is nothing more tedious <laughs> in the world than watching that. It's unwatchable and it's spoiling the product. I don't know how you fix that. I uh, don't apart know from extending waiting periods uh, and just making sure we get our best surfers in the world in some juice. Yeah. So looking ahead to the Lexus Pipe Pro Vaughan, I've got the forecast in front of me, and it looks like there is a day on the 31st of proper 6 to 10 foot pipeline, pretty favourable winds all day, but that's the only day I can see on this forecast. It's Kona winds the whole way through apart from that day. Southwest, straight onshore, stinky, but fucking plenty of waves. Mm. Uh, so the wind could swing around at any point, but yeah, that is a, that's an awful forecast. Whoa, but, but mate, we could kick it off in, in all time pipe, mm. uh, and then yeah, it's just one of them ones, isn't it, where you kind of just wish the waiting period was that, that little bit longer, yep, because. Plenty of waves. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bummer. I mean, pipe can surprise you. Like, you know, you can turn up on the beach and, and these sorts of forecasts and, uh, like, wind conditions can do a 180 on you and you can get blessed. But, I mean, that doesn't sound fantastic. Um, far out, man. It just it changes everything about how you think certain surfers are going to perform out there over that, over that period, the waiting period for the comp. Um, I guess, like... If, if you're thinking about just classic pipe, you, you go to the, the names that always perform out there when it's when it's perfect, like the Vortex Shaman, Medina, John John. Uh, they're the masters. And let's not forget the goat. Oh, the goat's out there too. Goat watch. Yeah. Uh, just look, look, haven't heard a whole lot about what he's been doing mm. apart from ha- uh, hanging out with the uh, presidential candidate. Robert F. Kennedy. <laughs> he is unreal. Logging at Waikiki. So, look, very, very under wraps the GOAT's preparation. Uh, but, mate, always in the mix. I just really wonder what they're going to do if they get nothing but southwest winds mm. for the duration of the waiting period. Like, what do they do? <sighs> mate, they just have to run, don't they? They've got to just send it out. So, look. If I'm looking at, like, my favourites for this comp, like Vortex Shaman, regardless of conditions, he, he, 
I don't know if this is just a side effect of hanging out with him that day, Smithy, but, you know, post-baby, in the zone, unruffled, fucking more shouting Hawaiian juice than the front row seats at Fem New. I just I feel like the shaman is poised, mate. You know, he's been getting that mental health electric octopus just zapping his little fucking synapses into gear. Uh, first comp after having a kid, always good motivation. I feel like he's good to go. Like, I really don't feel like the Vortex Shaman is going to be condition affected, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know if John John is going to paddle out and it's just a dog's brekkie whether he'll be as psyched. Mm, that's a good point. Uh, Medina, on the other hand, I feel like... The presence of these two, as I was saying at the start of the potty, man, if they're eyeballing each other like a couple of French bulldogs, you know, in the park, just fucking fizzing at the lead, just can't get off each off the lead quick enough to attack each other, it just could be one of the all-time years, man. Um, yeah, I reckon also Medina would seriously be losing sleep at the idea of Phil being a three-time world champ. I just don't know if Medina, like as much as they might and be... not just three, three in a row. Yeah, man, and fucking how's this? Imagine, like, in Medina's brain, as much as he'll support Phil and you see them browing down on the beach and all that, you know that he thinks he's a better surfer than Phil. Like, you know it. You know he's going, like, I can't believe Phil could be a three-time world champ. I mean, Medina, one on debut at Chopes, like, fully. Ha- has fully had to earn it yeah. in waves of coniquence. Uh, the Phil could be could be three straight Phil with yeah. a bunch of smelly asterisks <laughs> hopping around him. <laughs> Talk about keeping Medina awake at night. Oh, mate, yeah, he's just got fucking nothing but pucket corns coming at him from fucking left, right and centre in the middle of, like middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, what do you reckon? What do you, what, how do you see those three, the big three going? Yeah, it's interesting, like, talking about stories at play, uh, Jack Robbo obviously having a child, Zen. Uh, look, this is one. Zen Robinson, Zen by the Robinson, way. amazing. Home. one of those great storylines because you know one of the things I love about surfing about any sport is seeing how surfers develop mentally and physically and Jack just seems to be a surfer who has so much room for improvement he's leaning into that mental work um, so yeah it'll be so interesting to see how having a child and that newfound responsibility really feeds into his mm. world title aspirations I mean look the guy is so tapped in and yeah. it just seems like the more focus and, and and the more grounded he can get, the better. Mm. Uh, mate, hanging out with him on the Goldie, like he's a humble guy. Yeah, he's he's a real like people's champ kind of character. Um, you know, he, the, he he's had that kind of difficult start to life, um, where I feel like that is a, a great humbler. You know, you kind mm. of see people of all. Uh, I think he even said it like when we were chatting with him that you know everyone has their kind of cross to bear in life and. Um, so that humility, that tenacity and, and yeah. just the read at pipe and then straight into sunset. I mean, look, the guy's put on like the best clinic of sunset surfing ever that I've mm. ever seen yep. uh, in that queue a few years ago. Yeah, I, I think he's in an amazing place in his life and the potential is mind-melting. Yeah. Like, what's he going to produce? I completely it's, agree. it's wild. It's such a big question mark mm. and you know what he's going to produce is going to be exceptional. It's just how exceptional is it going to be? Yeah. Yep, well said, mate. As for John, yeah, I mean, look, I think that was a good point that you made. Unless it's proper pipe and backdoor, mm. it's the motivation may not be there. And to be honest, like, we haven't really seen the John of 2017, uh, the world title winning John, since he's been back post multiple knee injuries. There's been little moments here and there. 
But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Like as he reaches this kind of, uh, I'm not going to say career twilight because that really depends on how he looks after his body. Mm. But I, I don't know if he's ripping in off the you know out of the out of the contest jersey as hard as he could be. Uh, like or or at least. I know he's ripping in in terms of surfing quality waves and surfing his best in quality waves, but if the quality isn't there, I don't know if he's got that killer instinct anymore, mm. if he's that interested or if he's even been able to keep pace with the hungry people who are coming up trying to make their mark in mm. the world. Um, so, yeah, I, I, mate, there's a, a big question mark over John as well in yeah. terms of just, like, what kind of John are we going to see this yeah. year? Yeah, and I just wonder, like, even Nate winning that stab surf of the year poll, you know, just doing his own thing out there in the world and, and just completely getting the no, the doff from his peers uh, inside the Rashi and outside of the Rashi. Talking about, you know, the stab pole being uh, sort of a global ballot from all walks of life on who the majority of surfers at the elite level think is the best surfer. Probably one portion of the greatest surfing world, but I'd be surprised if most people who do tap into, you know, the culture of surfing in a, in a media sense don't all think the exact same thing, that Nate Florence was the best surfer of 2023. Like, does that pull John away from competition or does it actually fire him up to sort of get his nose back into a, a little bit of a competitive headspace? Like, it, it's such a such a battle there going on. And the other thing is that Medina factor. Like, is that still a motivator for him? Because we know that for years it was. Like, that was what was driving him on tour and it was almost just Medina eyes only. Mm. So interesting, interesting man. Like, yeah, where is John John's head at? Mate, he's the purest surfer. He's grown he's up so good pipeline oh. within a nine iron of his house. Like, yeah. So I just can't see him getting that psyched if the waves don't show mm. up, and it's looking already like we're going to be getting skunked straight yeah. off the bat at his at his hometown at his you know happy place. Yeah. Um. So watching his brother travel the world and just pick the eyes out of every <laughs> fucking swell in this blue. <laughs> Oceanic Fully, planet would do your head in, wouldn't it? Oh gosh, my goodness, mate! The uh, another big story that's evolving this year, and it's really going to kick off at pipe, is uh, the rail shaman Ethan Ewing. Uh, can he maintain the rage, man? Can he like keep this role going? Like, like there's no doubt he's the judges' favourite. Like they they've almost curtailed the entire fucking criteria around what he brings to the table. You know, flow, connection. I've heard rumours that that's going to be the big focus point again, but it doesn't really apply to pipe or backdoor. And if I think about these performances out there, is there even a standout wave that he's had at at going left or right that sticks out to you? And and sort of how is he going to start this year? Is he going to be coming into it uh, especially if the surf's crappy. But, I mean, let's just assume that the surf's going to be manageable and pretty fun. Like, where does he sort of tap into the power, like his own power at a wave like this? Yeah, Can you I, see him getting a result? No, I can't. I, I can't see him really threatening the likes of John, Medina, yeah. Jack Robbo, the GOAT, Seth Moniz, uh, Jao Chunker if he's fit. Like, I can't see him in that conversation. I don't think this is this is one of the places on tour that he would have earmarked as a, as a strong result. Mm. But... Every other stop on tour, mate, he is an absolute threat. Yeah, like, Chopes, maybe not. Uh, Cloud Break, I think he can do well there for sure. Uh, you know, well, he, ha- he packs it. He, he has a fucking mate, dig. if you're from Stratty, like, yeah. you've got every kind of barreling wave you can mm. imagine up to a, a certain point, you yeah. know, in that kind of six to eight foot range. It's going to throw every shape at you. So, uh, look. 
yeah, his technique in in hollow waves is going to be like as good as anyone. Yeah. But once you're, you're in the real juice, uh, when it's eight foot and beyond, and it's Pacific it, it's, long period power, right, and you're looking at reef beneath yep. you, like it's a, kind of a different ball. And game. it's and we haven't seen it yet, really. Like we've seen waves at Chopes, you know, after the injury where he just fucking hightailed it over there because he's got the Olympics on this year too. So I mean, it, it's a big year. For ETH in the fucking Pacific Juice, bro. And he's amazing. There's no doubt that nah. he's world-class in those kinds of conditions. It's just about who his opponents yeah. are, and I don't think he really is of that caliber. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Ooh. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. This house ain't no home. Yeah, get it, India. We'll go to India. <laughs> Phil Toledo, Smithy. Um, I think he'll be fucking rubbing his hands together and licking his lips at any forecast that is sort of eight foot or under, regardless of win, regardless of anything, because this is his chance to fucking get his name on that trophy. And I reckon, you know, he knows what the world thinks about him in this sort of fucking surf. Like, any opportunity to get that fucking pipe win is going to be one he leaps at. Like, fucking leaps at. But, north of eight foot, mate, I won't be able to get the fucking red marker out quick enough to just fucking run <laughs> straight through his name. <laughs> he'll be gone. But I think he'll be deadly, man. Like, you know, if he can pick those sorts of... Uh, pick the eyes out of fucking anything that's, like, in that... Kind of almost like the way that Oki won... Uh, Chopes that year You know It was a monstro Bombing year But he was just Ducking in and out And just getting The ones he wanted And I think Phil's Just got enough Runs on the board At these waves now To, to get those Odd little nuggets That, that give him Those long drainers So uh, yeah I actually reckon He could Fucking win this comp If it doesn't get too big Yeah And it's It's got to be running Predominantly a backdoor film To have For any sure. hope yeah. But I mean Far out it's got to be marginal pipe, like you said, for him to have any hope at all. Uh, and look, it looks like there's that much swell on the cards that, yeah, I d- mate, like I said, it's such a, such a weird forward ca- mm. forecast to make sense of. So much swell, such weird winds. Yeah. Uh, it's pr- pretty, just looking at north or west swell direction. So that's pretty north. That's, yeah, it's pretty backdoor related mm. on that first big day. But fuck, it's going to be big. Yeah. Uh, Mate, he almost uh, he's almost had a ten out there against the goat. He's he, you know he's he's yeah. done some pretty incredible surfing at backdoor. Ah, uh, mate, I, I, do, I don't think he's a genuine threat though. Nah. Red pen, red pen, Smithy. <laughs> um, just looking at the you know the rest of the top ten, uh, there's names in there that you wouldn't be surprised if they won this comp uh, or or finaled or semis. Um, Yago Griffin. Kanoa, Leo has, has performed well out there in the past. I think he made a final. Like, they're all capable. Uh, but, I mean, I'm really focusing, if I'm looking at that next sort of crew of, of surfers, I'm looking at O'Leary and Callanan, two guys who you just know have the talent to fucking get a final out there, man. And I just don't know what stops these guys from winning comps. Like... It's not about getting over hurdles anymore, man. It's about fucking pulling out a fucking Miley Cyrus wrecking ball and just jumping on it in the nude and just demolishing those hurdles. Because <laughs> these guys are fucking world class. They should be winning, and they're not. And uh, how many more years can you just make up the numbers? You know what I mean? And no mm. disrespect to both of them. They fucking tear the bag, mate. Everyone in Australia wants them to win. 
What's missing to get them into this combo? Is it just the breakthrough? Man, it's just their opponents. You have to surf out of your skin mm. throughout an entire event. Can't really miss a beat. Uh, got to get the rub. Got to be so connected to the ocean. Got to be reading it better than your opponent. It's so hard at that level. I mean, it's crazy. You see these guys graduated to it. They go through these little bursts these mm. little, of hot form where they're the best surfer in the world for uh, a half a comp, a few heats. They get to the final, they get pits. They, or they, you know, they go on a bit of a, a hot run, but... Yeah, it's, mate, it's just so hard, that level, isn't it? Yeah. To, to be that consistent where you're able to repe- repeatedly beat Phil, beat John, beat yeah. Medina, uh, even beat Callum Robson, beat Jao Chianka, yeah. beat Griffin, beat Kanoa. Like, the names just keep coming at you. <laughs> yeah, it's relentless. Man, uh, but it reminds me a bit of, like, just correct me if I'm wrong. You, you'll have a good take on this. Like, I, I remember uh, Mitchell Pearce, for example, right? Son of a rugby league legend, uh, and this is sorry to all our AFL and fucking rest of the world people, but but this guy was the son of a rugby league legend, a great player, but he almost just had too much respect for his opposition. And you'd see other fucking, like he grew up in a house where you know everyone around him was fucking ripping. Like Callanan's grown up from in Newcastle with just so many legends, so many fucking great surfers and all this sort of stuff. And I almost feel like by being so respectful of legacy. Uh, you can kind of almost lose a bit of mongrel, like where you just want to fucking take cunts out. Like Medina hit the tour, and I know he's like a once in a lifetime competitor, but he wanted to destroy everyone. Like his first final was against Parker. He fucking almost comboed him. Uh, it's just, it's almost like there just needs to be a bit more. Calm. I'm sorry to say it, but both O'Leary and Callanan. Yeah. I think they just got to tap into something where they just don't give that other person any respect. Oh, it's so hard. I mean, you're coming from a, a culture like Australia where we're used to being the best surfing nation in the world. We've won mm. more world titles than any nation in the world. But, you know, the living is good here. We're not growing up in, in favelas and, and in poverty. And, uh, I mean, you know, you look at someone like John, grows up on the beach at Pipe, never knows his dad, you know, one of three kids to a single mum. Like, there's a lot of just kind of trauma and grit and these kind of weird ingredients in that that greatness. Mm. Uh, Toledo, you know, fuck, mate, they've grown up in this, not super poor, but uh, definitely gritty. You know, they've had to leave the country because of the politics in Brazil. Like, these people have had – they're surfing. There's a level of drive there mm. when you're coming out of – really difficult circumstances that you can't em- emulate. You can't recreate it if you're not from that. Um, you know, you look at, say, Mitchell Pierce. he's a good example because mm. he's one of the only rugby league players who, who kind of grew up with a silver spoon. And, yeah, right. Uh, that, that's probably why he didn't become like Adam Reynolds or, uh, uh, well, fuck, you know. It, it's a hard one because then you've got your Nathan Cleary's too who, who did also grow up with a silver <laughs> spoon but grew up in Penrith um, to a large degree. Yeah. So I think just the... The level of drive and motivation you get from coming from Shitsville, it's another level. Yeah. And in Australia, we, we kind of generally don't have that. You look at Jack Robber, he's another good example of someone who just went through a whole lot of horseshit mm. right off the bat. Uh, and he's come through it steeled and determined. And I, I think like when the ocean becomes your escape from the, the terrors of life on land, mm. that that's like... You can't recreate that. Yeah. You know, it either happens or it doesn't. And, and 
all the, the joy and success that comes from competing to that level uh, is equaled out by the horrors and, and, and traumas of life mm. on land. Slate is a good example. I mean, uh, AI is a good example. Yeah. Like, all, like all these people just, they had to fight through some fucking bullshit and, mate, it creates a level of toxicity too. So yeah. be careful what you wish for. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Well said. I mean, it's not like uh, Callan and, and O'Leary haven't had trauma in their lives. Like, I just fucking, I feel like, I just don't know what the missing ingredient is. I don't know if it's as simple as, like, where they got brought up. I feel like it's just it's just some sort of belief structure. Like, I know you're up against that. You're up against the people who have got, had been through that. But you would think after the years they've spent on tour and, and where they've gotten to, there's just that one thing that, that needs to click. Mm. Don't know. Mate, yeah, and speaking of tough runs like no one's had a tough yeah. run than our cow yeah uh, losing both parents but yeah I, I don't know maybe it's also with ryan like flirting with the, the free surfing space quite a lot you know appearing in a lot of those carnival films mm. and you know he's like one of the most acrobatic powerful insane surfers yeah. uh marzo in he's like just explosive acrobatics but it's also not really a, a style of surfing that's conducive to that competitive arena, the strike rates. You know, you might get used to that brand of surfing when you're shooting clips yeah. where, you know, you kind of stick in three out of ten. And that's uh, – you, you kind of lose lose scope or y- your muscle memory kind of tapers off and you lose that consistency. Yeah. Whereas, you know, your Brazilian Storm, those guys don't ever – put films out yeah all of their their drive and their their training and their free surf, it's all True. pointed towards consistency yeah. high strike rates sticking everything and when they get into the contest arena that's what they do mm. they don't miss yeah yeah well mate look i reckon uh i'd love to see one of these guys get the breakthrough you know at pipe but they've got a few good opportunities this year chopes and uh cloud break i reckon connor or, oh, or ryan could 100%. dead set get the breakthrough this year. That's what I'm backing. And I, that's my prediction for the year. Connor is built for, for left slabs. Yeah. Like, they got, you know, Voodoo was in his front yard. It's one of the OG pipeline-esque Fully. Australian yeah. slabs. Um, he's a big rig, can manhandle Pacific juice. Uh, Arcal, we've seen him do well at pipe. Yeah. I mean, cloud break, like, uh, you expect during the course of an event at cloud break, it's not all going to be pits. There's yeah. going to be rippable days out there too in that kind of four to six foot range. So they're well positioned to break through. I think they can challenge for a, a top 10 spot. Uh Arkel is is one of those guys. He's in that kind of Jack Robbo convo of untapped potential, mm. and, and and he could just go on a heater. I mean, we've seen him go toe to toe with Medina when Medina was at his peak, making multiple finals against him, and having Medina on the ropes. Um, so he, he can kind of crack this weird mental space. Yeah, mate, it, it's it, classic, man. Like every year. Uh, oh, maybe last year might be the exception, but every year, like, there's always a bolter for that top five. You know, like Connor O'Leary, uh, sorry, Connor Coffin and Morgs in the first year is probably the best example. You know, someone who just flares up and and gets on a run. Like, I, I think these guys are the most poised to be the bolters this year in terms of, uh, I don't know, journeymen who, who are yet to fully reach full potential. I mean, I'd love to see that. Mm. Yeah, well... Let's get into a few of the bolters. Yeah, let's do it. The dark yeah. horses. Uh, mate, 
I'm interested to see how Liam O'Brien goes. You know, just calculated. Uh, he's an ice-cold psychopath in the juice. Uh, yep. Jack Robbo was saying on this podcast that, you know, Liam's eyes glaze over. When he wants one, yeah, uh, it's just like clear the <laughs> runway. He's going. Get out of his way. <laughs> oh, the, Jack Robbo's saying that, mate. You yeah. know it's hectic. That was an interesting insight, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, he's the nicest guy ever on land, super astute, but yep. he's a student of the game. Uh, he's got that really sizzling X factor, particularly on his front side, mm. super well-rounded, versatile surfer. He's got the punts. Uh, he, he is a complete surfer, and he's got the X factor. He could be the bolter. Um, Jacob Wilcox Be really interesting To see how he goes The first five waves On tour really suit him The addition of Cloud break And tropes really suit him uh, So Yeah look Australia's got Got some Some interesting horses In the race yep. Just in that Dark horse category uh, Then you've got Your Jow Chunkers uh, We've seen how Red hot That guy can get yes. All remains to be seen How he's feeling After that head injury yeah. Apparently You know Like Come in purple, I had to resuscitate him on the beach. Yeah, so, that's, like, that's, fuck, that's mate, serious, those things mate. have a long tail. It'll be interesting to see what happens at Pipeline, whether he even competes. Griff, yeah, like as long as he stays mentally fit, there's yeah. absolutely no reason why he won't be in the top five and, and challenging for a world title. Uh, and he's shown so much commitment to that lifestyle. And, mm. mate, the psychological component of elite surfing, they're all basically there and thereabouts. It, it really is uh, staying confident and keeping a, a handle on the mental side of things that seems to determine success and failure at For this sure. level. Yeah. I'm also, uh, you know, just, just talking about Chippo and uh, Cal Robbo. They've been hanging together. They've been surfing together. They've been dropping clips together. Like, uh, they sent the Swellians a DM the other day in the car, just fucking up the Swell. You know, like, they're, they're fully ready to go, these two. And, uh, oh, man, nothing... Brings more joy to your life than getting on the gram, having a doom scroll and seeing Cal Robbo gaffed up and just fucking packing one at the back door. And then on the very next wave, you know, Chippo, just no hands, fucking gas bay special straight into the fucking doggy door and out into the open. It just, I don't know, mate. Like They're the waves that have getting, been getting me fucking excited for the kickoff oh, for the yeah. first hooter. Because those little grit merchants, mate, you, you fuck, they bring some joy to your life when they get out there and they start giving it to those established big dogs. Mate, Cal Robbo is one of those guys that you have to see him surf in the flesh to appreciate how yeah. hard he cracks it. Oh, my He's goodness. built like a brick shit house. He's yeah. been on the leg presses big time. The fucking the glutes and quads and, and core on the bloke. Uh, mate, yeah, he... he, he He's another one of those guys who's just, you don't know really what they're going to produce. They can get on that that crazy heater. Yep. Uh, we've seen how good he surfs when he gets a bit of confidence. Mate, could be anything. And Chippo also has the, the I don't know, the, the feeling. I, I, like, you know, when you wait so long and you see this in sport all the time, so they just come out and they fucking go all the way. Like, I would not be surprised to see Chippo make the final, regardless of waves. Speaking of dark horses, we had a chat with Liam O'Brien. Uh, yes. Let's hear what the lob had to say. Only a few more sleeps until we kick it off. How are you feeling? Yeah, so excited. Um, yeah, far out. What's there to say, really, Pipes? Just that dream pinnacle event. So, um, yeah, I'm just pretty stoked to be able to get a go out there again. Fully, man. And, and what's the vibe like on the rock? Like, uh, you know, who's been getting getting busy and getting their reps in? Who's been laying low? Um, 
There hasn't been a lot of pipe. There's only been like two good days at pipe so far. It's been a lot of wind and a lot of crappy sort of days. So there's everyone was sort of out there, what was it, yesterday and the day before. It was pretty nice. And, um, yeah, I think everyone was kind of getting their reps in just because it's been so, <clears throat> been so, like, so many windy, crappy days. Um, but, yeah, like, honestly, I've kind of, I haven't, aside from yesterday, I haven't seen everyone that much, like, just because it's been windy and I've kind of just been surfing, like, windy, shitty, sunset and, and windy, hilly, even sort of those sorts of spots. So, I don't have a real good uh, gauge on on who's been really getting after it, just because the waves have been a bit funky. Mm-mm. Yeah, can you talk us through your daily routine? Yeah, I mean, for me, pretty much, I've just been just chasing surf. There's been heaps of swell, even though it's been windy. It's, there's been heaps and heaps of swell. So, yeah, I've just been fucking just surfing a few times every day, and um, trying to dial in the boards and dial in the spots. That's about it, to be honest. Try and buddy remedy the body a bit. <laughs> at night, have a stretch, a bit of a roll um, after getting pretty crinkled throughout the day. <laughs> That's about it. Fully. Any standout sessions yet? Pipe was pretty sick yesterday. Um, I had a bit of a shocker. I hurt my foot the day before and I was kind of just taking it easy in the morning. And then um, it was just so pumping that I eventually had to just went, fuck it, i got to paddle out. And um, it went on shore when I paddled out. So I had an absolute <laughs> shocker watching it all day. But, um, yeah, that was sick to watch. Obviously, the, um, you would have seen the waves that Callum and, and Jacob got. They were freaking nugs. Yeah, proper. Um, yep. And, yeah, there was, a, there was a ton of really good waves throughout the day. Um, saw a few of the San Clemente boys get some good ones. Um, Eli Hanneman got some real good ones that day. And, um, yeah, and Cade Matson, sorry, from San Clemente got some nugs. So, yeah, there was some good rides that I got to watch. <laughs> I didn't get any myself, unfortunately, but um, yeah, it was pretty. That was a pretty standout session, I think. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Uh, amazing that so many World Tour guys managed to get waves on a day like that, given how few windows there's been out there. What was the crowd like? Was it thick? Was it heavy? Um, it was pretty busy, but I, I, it wasn't too um, wasn't too full of locals because it was kind of a building swells. So there was a quite a bit of funkiness to it. It was backwash, a bit of backwash and sketchy double-up ones, and it really wasn't wasn't perfection by any means. Um, but there, with that said, there was still heaps and heaps of um, of uh, visiting surfers, I suppose, out there trying to get their fix, and then obviously all the comp guys as well. So there's still a lot of guys out, but um, I think there was a bit more opportunity than usual to to get good ones. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, far out. They are the days you get hurt, isn't it? And it's it's such a – I don't know how you weigh it up. You'd be better positioned. But, like, what is the, the strategy for you? Uh, you know, are you focused on getting your reps in at backdoor and prior, prior to the event or, or, or is it more playing it safe and, and saving up the, the big sends for the main event? Yeah, I think um, in the past for me it's all been just about maximum time out there and – trying to get as many waves as possible and learn the lineup as well as I can. But um, I've come here so many times now and then obviously I've had pretty bad injury out of pipe. Um, so it's, I feel like it's a little bit different for me now where it's kind of like when it's like time to – when I'm out there and I'm surfing, I still want to – you know, I don't want to just be sitting out there and not going anything. I want to have a crack. But maybe it's for me it's just more picking my windows when I do surf a bit better and – 
yeah, if it's looking a bit sketchy and not quite it, or if it's just I'm not feeling it, then I'll I'll leave it be. But um, yeah, just trying to pick my windows a bit better so I can make it to the event in one piece. <laughs> Fully, man. Oh man, it's an unenviable situation to be in. Uh, you desperately want to get the reps in, but fuck, you, you just end up going weird ones on, on weird days like that most of the time. It seems. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a I mean it's it's a heavy wave, so there's there's always risk of injury and I think it's just like it's imperfect as well and there's a lot of, you know, there's only select moments where it really turns it on and it's flawless. You know, it's one of those waves because it's so close to the beach, you get all the reverb off the off the sand, all the, you know, like backwashy waves and you get the, like foamy waves, waves that come in the wrong spot. It's not like a super mechanical reef, so yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to process when you're out there and then I don't know, adding in the fact that you're not getting first choice of the waves just sort of makes it pretty tricky to to pick and choose. So um, I think it's just, yeah, I think you just got to, you almost just got to choose your moments when you do surf. So it's like, all right, it's pretty good. It's pretty makeable. It's looking, you know, it's looking like it's worth a crack. Then I'll go and have a crack. And um, instead of sending it on like a just a shitty one, just going, oh, I'm gonna, I'll send it when it's like actually looks like a bomb. But if it's not really looking like a crazy one, then it's not worth the risk. Totally. And, and the risk is that you suffer an injury that not only keeps you out of pipe, but can keep you out of multiple events. So the risk to reward uh, equation, it isn't really there uh, when, when you sit back and think about what's really at stake in the long term. Yeah, yeah. It's... Um, it's one of those things you got to balance up, but you know, you also the ego gets the better of you sometimes. You want to, you want to get out there and try and, if you know, prove to yourself at least that you can fucking go one. And because it is, you know, it's intimidating. It's like a, it's a shitty feeling to come in and feel defeated. <laughs> You're like fuck that. You know, I want to, I want to feel like I could take it on and, and have an actual crack. So it's, a, it's a kind of a tough one to balance, but um. Yeah, for me, it's like right. If it's if it's on and I'm out there, then it's like I'm I've got my head on. I'm trying to go ones, but then if it's if it's not quite on, if something's not quite right, then I'll just oh you know I'll just stay away from it. I'll go surf somewhere else and and um, yeah, trying to take too much risk on those days when things aren't quite right. Mm. And what are the key things you you really want to get right when competing in Hawaii? Like how different does the ocean behave over there, and what's the acclimatization process like when it comes to doing your best surfing? Yeah, it's just I think Hawaii's probably I mean this on the tour obviously there's a few spots that get bigger waves, but um yeah I mean you just it's just the frequency of big surf and big surf you're much more at the mercy of the ocean and you can't. You know, the, the distance between where waves breaks are far greater. You can't just cover the ground and catch a million waves. So you just have to be really dialed in with your, like, wave selection, with your positioning, your lineups, and knowing, you know, knowing what's going on out there really um, just to to give yourself as many opportunities as possible in a heat. Um, so that's, that's basically the goal when you're getting ready. You just want to... Have a good idea of what the line, how they behave on different swells, how the brakes behave. That is, uh, um, on different swells and and um, just yeah, where you kind of where you generally want to sit, what you're kind of looking for in in those spots, and yeah, just and then obviously just feeling healthy and and mentally fresh as well. You don't want to roll in all busted up and <laughs> and burnt out. You gotta 
you got to maintain that side of things as well. Mm. Yeah, and I saw you've been putting some time in at Sunset. T- talk to us about that wave and and your relationship with it. Yeah, Sunset's a Sunset's a pretty sick wave. Um, in the past, I've like. I haven't had a lot of time for it, to be honest. I've just spent all my time at pipe and off the wall just because that was, for me, that's the pinnacle. That was sort of the waves that I'd come here to surf. But um, this year it was, I mean, the last few years I've just, I've always kind of kind of struggled a little bit at sunset just because I haven't put as much time in there. And it's just, a, I don't know, I've always found myself getting frustrated surfing it because it's quite wonky and it's not necessarily the most rippable wave. Um, but yeah, in the last few years, I've just sort of tried to force myself to surf it a bit more and, um, put the time in out there, learn the lineup and, and learn how to surf it a bit better. And, um, yeah, I've kind of learned to love the place. It's just like a, it's almost like a mini big wave spot. I'd probably the best way I can describe it. It's got a lot of, the waves have a lot of water in them. They're, you know, they peak up into these big apexes and then you've got that inside bowl where it gets pretty treacherous sometimes. So it's, um, it's a pretty sick wave. It's big playing field, um, big sections, bit of wonk, bit of wobble, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty sick. It's a uh, pretty cool, unique spot. Yeah, and it's worth the same amount of points as Pipeline is. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it seems to really favour your brand of surfing, you know, open ocean right, plenty of power, big wall for signature hacks and calves. Um but, yeah, looking ahead to pipe, man, have you had a look at the long-range forecast? Um, I've been keeping an eye on it, but it's been changing quite a bit. It's kind of, as you know, it's pretty hard to predict things that far out. But there's definitely going to be some waves. Um, there's, yeah, it looks like there's plenty of swell around, but it's just at this stage it looks like the wind might be the only issue. Yeah. Um, looks like there's been a ton of like, yeah, a ton of Kona wind this year, which is pretty weird, which is the wind that blows into the right. Um, but, yeah, you never know. It's... It's been changing a lot, so it could be pretty good, hopefully. Okay, yeah, that's a good sign. That's what I was seeing on there. A lot of southwest Kona winds, maybe a couple of days around the, the first and second of Feb at this stage. But, yeah, wind forecasts can change around a lot. I mean, does that change your preparation at all, the forecast? Um, not too much, no. Nah. I think um, you kind of, I don't know, you're trying to just surf it on all different types of conditions just to – Make sure you're prepared for anything because you never know what the you never know what you're going to get really. I mean, like last year, you get <laughs> like two foot crappy little onshore waves there, or you can year before it's ten foot and howling offshore and perfect. So you just yeah, you never know what you're going to get. Um, but yeah, I think um, looking at the forecast, just seeing that there could be a bit of swell. I think for me, I was just like, right, I need to just get out there when it's solid and just get used to the energy in the ocean. Try and take a couple of drops, learn how to take a bloody backhand barrel take off again, and um, yeah, that's about it. Just just keep myself in in uh, good health, and um, yeah, fire up on the event day. Yep, and, and in terms of the the rookie class of twenty twenty four, few fresh faces, few two percenters, Cole Hausman, Crosby Colapino, you've got uh, Eli Hanneman from Hawaii, Maui guy, and obviously Chippo Wilcox. Mate, uh, you know, who are the danger men in that class of 2024? Oh, there's actually, yeah, there's a ton of really good surfers that qualified. Um, I think at Pipe, I've been pretty impressed with all of the, the rookies lately that I've seen out at Pipe. Um, 
yeah, those guys have been getting some good ways. But yeah, can't go past Jacob. He's um, obviously a great mate of mine, and he's just so talented in you know waves of consequence and heavy tubes and stuff like that. Um, I think yeah, he'll he'll take to pipe pretty pretty well. It's um, yeah, it's pretty similar to the stuff he's grown up surfing, and I don't think he'll have too many troubles out there. So yeah, I'd be um, I'd be backing him in. And where did you watch that big nuggy? Got fuck that thing. He was pretty psycho, super deep backside at backdoor, just pumping, getting going, and uh, getting spat out of a, a fully consequential cone. Yeah, that was a sick one. That was when I was just sitting on the beach cruising, absolutely blowing it. But um, yeah, it was good to watch. Um, both he got that one, and Cal got his one not long before that. So True. it was pretty sick. The boys, boys put on a clinic out there, which is cool. All time, man. Any last words before we kick this thing off? Oh, no, not really. No, I was just pumped up to bloody hopefully get a big keg at pipe. That'd be the goal. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how we go. Sick, mate. Best of luck, brother. Got the whole Swillian Nation right up your corn, mate. Rip in. <laughs> Cheers, Smith. Still on the men's lawn, let's get into some of the tour debutantes, some of the fresh faces on tour this year, and it's all about the two percenters. Yeah. Uh, they all bought in the Californians, and it paid instant dividends. Cole Hauschman, Crosby Colapinto, Cade Matson. Uh, well, the big question is, well, will that camaraderie survive the world to a pressure cooker? I reckon it will. Yeah. Uh, and it basically has to, because you're a shot duck at this level if you go one out. Uh, if the Brazilian storm has taught us anything, it's that camaraderie with your compatriots. Is the formula for success uh and and once you turn your back on that it just seems that your performances go off a cliff uh, oh man history has proven it many times on tour uh the momentum generation the guys who qualified they all went mad the coolie kids when they were all together they just dominated uh before that you've got you know pt rabs the original coolie kids uh it, it all comes in these in these clusters of of community connection and a, a specific drive for something greater than yourself as well. So let's have a, a close look at some of these debutants. Cole Hauschman, 23, from San Clemente. He's a huge oh, unit, man. Big unit. 6'3", 90 kilograms, and very versatile. Had back-to-back wins on the Changers last year, including Manly in pretty marginal conditions. And then... Oh, no, Narrabeen. He fucking went turbo. Surf was cooking. Narrabeen. Oh, is yeah. that So the event was running... At, at Northy. Oh, And what? it was huge and it was fucking pumping and uh, he did some of the biggest turns ever seen out there. Actually, some of the Northy crew were just going, fuck, like pretty blown away, man. Oh, true. Don't know what comp I was looking at then. <laughs> Maybe it was the year before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then a Bolito, which again was pretty cooking. Yeah. Uh, but Shaper and sponsor Matt Biolas called him a, quote, Frankenstein-sized surf monster terrorising, measly human-sized would-be surf stars with not just sheer brute but ample precision and dexterity. I'm not saying this kid's the best surfer on earth, not by any means, not yet at least, but I honestly don't think the judges have ever seen anything quite like him. Uh, Yeah, Uh, only 23, but a seasoned campaigner. He's been putting in solid stints on the WQS all the way back to 2015. Mm. So that's nine years worth of grinding, beginning at the age of 14. Uh, full man-child grit merchant. Watch out for big Cole uh, Housman. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's the 2% Connor O'Leary, isn't he? Like, O'Leary's a big unit, throws buckets, hits the lip, it stays hit. 
<coughs> yeah, I'm pumped to see what uh, Cole brings to it. Because, yeah, he's a full late bloomer. Maybe he just grew into his body. Maybe it was just too long and skinny before that. And now he's got the, the muscle on. And just to put it in perspective, he's actually got an inch of height on Conor O'Leary plus a few kilograms. Oh. So the kid's big. Yeah. Uh, Crosby Colapinto, San Clemente, uh, 21 years old, hailing from the Colapinto surfing dynasty. Obviously, that includes brother Griff and cousin Corey, a, a pro logger. He's had plenty of big cones at pipe and backdoor, including the highest scoring backdoor pipe wave during the 2021 Vans Digital Triple Crown. Uh, he's got a stellar junior record, but that was only after Griff gave him a solid kick up the ass. Uh, you know, just kind of telling him to, to surf more. You need to be four, in the water four to six hours a day. And you need more consistency, more discipline. After that serve, went on to win four straight US championships, which is oh, some wow. kind of record. Uh, another big rangy kid, not scared, no obvious weaknesses, can lay down serious tracks, got a solid punt game, and will send. Uh, he's a threat across the board and right off the bat at Pipe and Sunset in particular. So, yeah, he's got great form in the free surf arena. be interesting to see how he goes. According to, to Griffin, he's also followed his lead and lent into doing the internal work, which mm. is interesting. Um, that's what Griffin credits with. Uh, Crosby getting to this point yep. is the fact that he's, he's fully locked in mentally. Uh, this is what he had to say on Instagram after Crosby qualified. Griffin, that is, uh, so much downs to get to this moment. My brother has grown so much these past few years, not just as a surfer, but as a person too. It's crazy to see what can happen when we dive inward, work on our flaws and be real with ourselves. Life seems to reward us. Crosby was a late bloomer that didn't really get the surf bug until he was about 14. He lost a lot and didn't handle it well. One day he came to me and said, hey, Griffin, do you think I could make the tour one day? I told him, no, I don't think you can right now. You don't surf enough. You've got to be at least putting four to six hours a day in the water minimum. And he actually listened. was obviously bummed at first when I said it, uh, but that drove him that summer and he improved like crazy. And he went on to win four US championships in a row, uh, he was looking good to get on tour at a young age until COVID hit and he lost some drive, some discipline and competition smarts. He then went into a year and a half losing streak until he said, that's enough, went all in and now he's back on track and on the world tour. I'm so excited to start this new journey with you, Cros. We will finally be on the same schedule. Love you, brother. Congratulations. Oh, that's cool, isn't it? That's real cool. Mm. wonder if... Um Quicksilver and Rip Curl might team up and do a Cola Pinto linen range and just see the boys walking around the Connest site in their white robes, just like, yeah, boys, just get on board. Get <laughs> on board the meditation and ice bath oh, train, brah. To be honest, I think uh, that tired old archetype of meditation <laughs> like, exponents is long gone. Uh, you're just it as is. likely to find rugby league players and ex-pipe masters oh, turned sure. ice and coke addicts turned clean living no, icons it's pretty, like pretty, Tom Carroll. It's pretty amazing, like, you know, just the fact that they can just draw a straight line from like deciding to do a bit of work on themselves internally, deciding to just commit to the, the physical, you know, necessities of being a top line athlete. Those two things combined with, with time in the water and fucking bang, shit happens. Oh man, I think Griffin nailed it. The moment you start to, to lean into that uncomfortable space of examining your flaws is mm. the moment the universe, God, whatever you want to call call it, pats you on the back and big time kind of pushes you into the pocket. So yeah, that it's gonna be interesting to see how the brothers go back yeah. at each other. You'd imagine it's going to push both their surfing to, to another level. 
Uh, Cade Matson, 21. San Clemente again. Another Giants mm-hmm. in the six foot three, 190 centimeter range. Uh, and, and as I mentioned, like, you know, these guys, you think Connor O'Leary's big, you think Geordie Smith's big, yeah. mate. Geordie Smith comes in at 188 centimetres. So these guys are towering over yeah. even the big JS. Uh, Cade Matson, bit of an unknown. No massive results on the Changers. Uh, I think his best was a, a third in Bolito in, in quality conditions. Haven't seen a lot of video on him. So he's a bit of an unknown to me. Mm. Uh, I think if you want to trawl through the, the two percenters channel on YouTube, you, you'll get a look at him. Uh and then he's got a bit of everything. He's got like, you know, a power hack. He's got a, a pretty mean vert. Like, that's what I remember from seeing him surf uh, in a world, pro, like the WCL World Junior titles years ago in Taiwan. I just remember he was huge. I think he might have made the final. Just lost out to uh, a Brazilian kid. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you could tell his surfing was big even back then, Smithy. So, like, he's probably grown another, oh, uh, he's, yeah, he would have grown another foot, put on another 10 kg. So, uh, I know that he's got, the mad fucking power game. It's just, yeah, I just don't know how big his X factor is. Whereas Crosby, uh, you know that he's got like a couple of tricks in his back pocket that are fucking turbo elite. Moving on to the rest of the world, we've got Eli Henneman, 21-year-old from uh, Lahaina, yeah. Maui. He's got X factor, this kid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't have missed some of his big backside rotors yeah. at, at Rocky Lefts. He's got some of the biggest, like just in terms of the, the sheer distance covered, mm. uh, he's basically got Toledo covered for the, the longest. Yeah. If there was a long jump for backside air reverses, yeah. I think Eli Henneman would be the winner. Um, but yeah, his hometown, destroyed by wildfires mm. early this year. And that actually happened only two days after he won the US Open. Uh, it's been a, a roller coaster past 12 months. Prior to that, uh, Eli almost died in a wipeout at Pipeline. I had one of the one of the weirdest and worst non-fatal injuries I've ever heard of out there. Uh, the wave itself, he was just super deep, uh, pretty much on the Wakita Bowl on one of those sus second reef days. The wave splits in two, and he's left trying to backdoor an impossible pipe section bending at him. He commits to his line and then hits eject a moment later. High-speed pin drop straight into the reef, eight stitches in the back of his head, a rattling concussion. But really, the injury was suffered on the very next wave, copped a board to the chest or, or sternum, oh. and it fucking ruptured his pancreas, man. Oh. Such a weird injury. And he, This is what he had to say on the, the Jamie O'Brien podcast. I hit my head on the reef and was knocked out. I was knocked unconscious, but not long enough to drown or die underwater. I'm really blessed that didn't happen. So I got knocked out, then came up, and another wave was coming. I was completely in shock. I don't even remember it. The second wave hit me, and that's where everything went south. The head injury was fine. I got staples in my head, but I think I took my, uh, took my rail to my chest area. It punctured my pancreas. That digests all your food. It releases these gnarly toxins to break down your food. It's really protected, so to hit it is really uncommon. They rarely see trauma to it. That created a lot of complications with digesting food. They had to go in there and do surgeries on it. It's really gnarly because if the toxins get out, um, it can eat away your other organs. It's life or death. I was being monitored in the hospital for like two weeks. I felt like I had a knife in my chest and someone was just twisting it. Psycho. Oh, my God. Uh, So remains to be seen how he's going to fare at pipeline, post-injury. Now it's a pretty recent injury. Mm. Crazy to, to acknowledge how many near-fatal injuries there's been uh, in the last 
let's it, say, two years. Oh, man. And how many of these guys weren't wearing helmets? Jao Chianka, uh, Eli here, you know, serious head injuries, yeah. brain injuries. Yep. Fuck, mate. Carol Rothman. Like, all these guys have been copping it, mate. And, like... Surely, like, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, Pipeline's got a, enough of a fucking legacy of just pure carnage before you even paddle out there. But after a season like the season we've seen and the and the calibre of the surfers who have been getting fucking rinsed, that's going to... Surely that's getting into your headspace. Like, no matter how fucking hard you try to deny it, that's going to get in there. I wonder if uh, Eli's going to be affected by that. But, yeah, pancreas, crikey. That's the oddest surf injury I've heard since Tommy Carroll's perforated a noose. <laughs> yeah, once you're sustaining serious internal organ damage, yeah. I mean, it just goes to show how deadly that joint is. Yeah. When there's that amount of power being unleashed, uh, it creates impacts mm. and injuries that are completely outside the realms of what you would think is possible. Yeah. Yeah. So take Wild. care of there. But far out, man. I tell you what, this rookie class is not to be taken lightly, is it? So far, we're, we're dealing with four surfers you've mentioned. A big units, proven in the juice, fearless, scared of nobody, and they've got each other. <laughs> Brother. And, of course, uh, Jacob Wilcox rounding out the tour debutants, 26 yeah. years old. Margaret River, 5'11", around 65 kilos, according to the WSL's potentially outdated stats. <laughs> Similar to Crosby, you know, he's a threat across the board. He's got that rangy body type, pinpoint accurate backside attack, favoured to the open ocean rights that dominate this first chapter prior to the cut, Sunset Margs, Bells. Uh, he's an obvious threat at pipe, as all West Australians are. Might be his first full year on tour, but he surfed plenty of times yep. at this level, going all the way back to 2013, where he made his debut as a 15-year-old at Bells, followed by a start at Supertube's Paniche, uh, where I think he helped Mick to a world title, right, by, by knocking the goat mm. uh, in an early round clash there. So, yeah, interesting to see how Chippo fares. Come on, Chippo. Come on, Chippo. Get up and mate. Get up and One of the few surfers last year to get a 10-point ride. Chang is all CT. Uh, I think, what, there was only two on the CT last year? Uh, Yago Dora in Brazil and Cal Robbo at, uh, you know, the Super cement tubes, mixer at yeah. Supertube. So on the uh, Changers, I think it was uh, Chippo got a fucking backside cone. To Side slipping upside down, under lip. Just full-blown kibbutz off the top to, uh, you know, epic combo that one. Uh, I just want Chippo to get a good start, mate. Get get the foot down. Get the belief in early because you know he's, he's feeling strong at the moment. Just be such a bummer. You know... You know, all your dreams can come fucking delaminated the second you get two bad results to kick off the year. And you watch the rookies will be so keen to avoid that, but so will everyone else. No one wants to kick off their year with, you know, that mid-season cut looming after two events. And unfortunately, you know, we've seen really good surfers, experiences, campaigners, Smivy put themselves in that position, Steph Gilmore being the obvious one, you know, just dancing with the cusp. Year after year, it's just not a good place to be. Mm. I want to party. I want to party tonight. Your moves are so raw and your body's so tight. Get into the women form. Let's do it, Smithy! 
Uh, who's hot in the lead up to this pipe comp? Well, God, it's got to be Moana Jones Wong, a pipe master, a Vans pipe master, and owner of the most cataclysmic cone in the history of women surfing at pipe. Uh, she's the queen, and there ain't anyone within Kooey. Nah. The only undoing could be a run of Northswell that rules pipe out and forces her to rinse corn at backdoor. <laughs> she's a specialist at the frontside clam rinse. But what about the corn born? Can she rinse it with the world's best? Haven't seen too much corn rinsing going down from Moana Jones Wong. Um, definitely her comp to lose. Like, no question. Yeah, it's just... It's just conditions, isn't it? Like, anything other than huge bombing pipeline, uh, even if it's bombing backdoor and pipeline, she, she's still clear favourite. But anything other than that, and all of a sudden, everyone else's stock rise. So, uh, yeah, it's hers to lose. She's the queen. She's she's uh, generated an aura of just invincibility and almost, like, spiritualness out there because her connection with the wave is just unquestioned. You know, if it's bombing... And she's in in the spot for a set. She's going. Like, no question. So that's something all the other women have to deal with because there isn't really too many other surfers in the CT that are on the same level with that commitment um, at huge, huge pipe. will be interesting to see if they get a, a really big, clean day and what they can deliver this year because, you know, the experience is starting to come in into play now. Uh, you know, Chris Moore, Tyler Wright, uh, and Molly Picklam being the obvious examples of women who have just, they're just bounding forward, you know, every time they serve a heat. There's an, another level of, of bravado that comes into play. Mm. Some other heavy hitters in the women's side of the draw. Arnie Riss. Auntie. Obviously pulled the pin recently. Uh, taking a swipe at the hollowness of material motivation, namely money and shiny trophies which she says, just don't do it for her anymore. That was her, her reasoning, hmm. uh, which is fair enough. Uh, well, especially if two shiny trophies are missing from your uh, your trophy cabinet. Like, that's going to hurt. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if your your home is Hawaii. You know, you've got these fucking year-round cooking waves in Pacific mm. tropo water and, and an environment. It's hard to leave at the best of times, yeah. let alone sacrificing your whole year to then compete in martial trestles. Uh, in terms of the pipe event, look, if it runs predominantly a backdoor or even if there's opportunities at backdoor throughout the event, then, yeah, she's got a bag full of the best barrels out there. Yep. And it could be a goatish final lap for Arnie Riss. Mate, <clears throat> she didn't get what she needed or wanted or, you know, probably deserved at trestles. So is it not more fitting for the Hawaiian queen to get it done at fucking the wave that matters in a wave of pure conequence, Smithy? Like... What would you prefer to go out on? Uh, you know, a fucking dismal little swell at some crumbly right-hand beachy or the place where, you know, you broke through the glass ceiling, have had a couple of near-perfect rides. Or I think She's got a 10 out there, I think. Mm. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, the odds of her winning this are extremely high. I think that uh, the story around it sits well, you know, to go out with a, a pipe victory. Um, it's the ultimate event. And uh, it's just the emotions, really. Like, we've seen her come unstuck twice, probably because of the heightened state of emotion and, you know, what was on the line uh, at Trestles. But you just get the feeling that that kind of emotion is not going to be applicable to this event. It's just going to be like, this is my last comp. I'm paling out with pure joy and gratitude in my heart. There's no real sort of downside to, to getting knocked early or, or midway through. So you just get the feeling that... 
if there's a Huey out there, if there's a Manu, if there's some sort of cosmic surf god entity, they're going to be smiling upon Auntie. Jeez, it would be anticlimactic and a bit weird if she got knocked in the, the second round in some howling sideshow oh, back that would, that would just... Well, you know what? It'd be the validation for why she's getting the fuck out of there. Totally. Yeah. Tyler Wright, world number three, as confident and comfortable in her skin as ever. It's a, been a magic story to, to see her, you know, come out of the closet, get her sexuality fully settled and, and long in the rearview mirror. Yep. You know, I'm sure she's known this for many years, but to go public with it, to, to now have a, a happy marriage uh, and, and the total support of her family, it's a great story. And, and uh, look, it just looks like she's settled in really nicely mm. to married life. Feel good stuff. Yep. And uh, now to take some fucking heads off in the contest arena. Backdoor specialist. No slouch backside in the cone either. She's part of the greatest cone packing dynasty <laughs> in Australian <laughs> surfing history. Uh, runner up at Pipe to Carissa last yep. year. Third the year before. And a win in the first ever women's pipe event. Uh, that one that they had to can yep. in Maui after the shark attack back in 2021. No real weaknesses. She's third in the world. Just have to wait and see how this all pans out in the day. Yeah, I agree. She just looks so joyful. She looks happy. And as a result, she looks terrifyingly deadly, man. Like the the training videos that she pops up, they're just so staunch. And unlike Steph and and Riss, there's work to be done in Tyler's career. You, You get the feeling she's like looking at this next generation coming up, looking at the old crew kind of starting to fizz, and she just... I don't know if she's been better placed for a, a full-blown title tilt. Uh, she'll be unfazed about Trestles as the final stop. You know, it's all just surfing to Tyler. It's all competition. Um, man, oh, I feel like this is going to be a fucking bit of a, a reawakening to the younger crew about just how hardcore this shit can be because, yeah, man, far out. I, I just like what I'm seeing from Tyler. At this age and stage of your career, it just seems to be how hard are you willing to rip in outside Fully, of the contest man. arena that Fully. dictates yep. your success? Uh, because you don't have the lightning reflexes, the the, the energy and effervescence of, yep. of youth anymore. But, uh, mate, we've seen how fit she can turn up. You know, she can be so ripped out and light yep. on her feet. And when she's that kind of surfer, she's electric. Uh, yeah, just, just got that jazzy, lightning uh, kind of reflexes and, and super powerful frontside gaffes. And I just think that having the support of a wife and family mm. really helps with the motivation and the stability and the routine of getting up early and, and ripping in on the training paddock yeah. before you get to the contest arena. Yeah. She, I, I think... Tyler is my pick for number one at the end of the year. Like that. Caroline Marks, the reigning world champ, and Katie Simmers. Uh, look, Caroline, mate, Pipe is is not a strong event for her. Mm-hmm. Best result is a ninth. Uh, I don't like her chances backside at backdoor either. Ken Packard on slabbing left. Yep. We've seen her do it at Chopes, so not out of the question, but definitely not a favourite in my opinion. Katie Simmers, man, she has a proper crack. Uh, we've seen her get a couple of nugs at the box. Uh, so that suggests she's got the medal for backdoor. Coming off a ninth at Pipe last year, her, her only go in that event. Uh, she's improving so much that, look, yeah, it, 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 that result last year may as well have been 10 years ago. Yeah. It's very hard to get a read on, on, on what she's capable of. Mate, I reckon uh, I'm picking Katie to do better than last year. Uh, she's just so hot. She's like Hansel in Zoolander or something, you know. Like her year is going to be 
full of standout moments. I can't see her kind of struggling to with the cut line or any of that stuff. How she goes at pipe is a bit more of a mystery to me. I just is she going to turn up and just fully sand if it's big and wonky and, and gross and cross shore? Like, how does she sort of fit her surfing into that environment? Not a hundred percent sure, but like, yeah, definitely capable of of getting a few drainers at backdoor and and possibly parking it at pipeline. And not too worried about Katie's year. I think she'll top five it uh, in a in a canter, but Caroline. Mate, what is the weight of being the world champ going to do to her surfing? Like, is it going to elevate it or is it going to be kind of like a fucking big weight on her shoulders? I feel like it could be, it could go either way. Like, she could come out at pipe and just fucking have all that fucking, uh, what do you call it? Like, all that swagger of being the world champ and just fucking deliver. Or she could be like one of those teams that wins the premiership and then comes out first game of the season against one of the cellar dwellers and gets fucking 40 points run up on it, you know? Like, I feel like she she uh, she has the potential to sort of feel the weight of the world title because I would imagine that when you win a world title, you think the next year's just going to come easy. Like, And is it? I mean, I don't know what her off-season's like. I know she's got Louis Egan in a corner, and that's, that's like about as settling and as fucking eyes on the prize as you can get. So I, I'm expecting one... Way or the other. I reckon Caroline will either make the final or come dead last. I can't really – I can't fix her anything in the middle. It's an odd thing to say, but, yeah, world title pressure, it's it's one of those things, man. I just uh, – I'm really keen to see how it sort of uh, translates into a surfing this year. Yeah, she's fortunate in the fact that this first half of the year really suits her surfing. Mm. Sunset, bells, marks. Fully. All open ocean, long period rights purpose-built for her backhand so she can go straight to her strength straight off the bat, build up a head of steam in this first half yeah. of the year and get going. I can't see her really troubling the scorers at Pipe, though. Mm. Molly Picklem, uh, look, mate, if you've been up on the North Coast and you've been hearing lots about Molly Picklem, she's been doing the rounds up here for a pre-season hit-outs at uh, D-Bar and on the GC, and, mate, the, the reports are that she's absolutely ripping. Yep. I uh, was chatting to some of her North Shelley teammates at the Usher Cup. And, yeah, they've just got such a solid crew at that board riders club in that surfing community. And they're all tripping on how good she's surfing, how fit she's looking. Uh, she's just so full of work ethic. And the confidence and self-belief flows from there, yep. as we know. So uh, rip in hard outside of the rashy. And it's got to feed into your performances and mindset. She's understood that from a young age. And the proof is in the pudding. This is her year, I reckon, Vaughn. Clear break, chopes, and pipe. I don't think there's a better surfer on tour in the juice um, across all those waves. Mm. We already know how good she is in the progressive category. Just incredible technique. No glitchiness in her style. Explosive, fast twitch, finners, punts, and carves. What more do you want, rinsed corn? Get in, pickle! <laughs> <laughs> nah, oh, man. And she's, she's got swagger. She walks around like thinking she's ready, like, you know, better than other people and, and ready to fucking rip a few heads off. And like, she's earned the right I to feel that. like that. Yeah, she, of course she, 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 she works hard. She's from a blue collar yep. town. Uh, she's got that old school Australian grit. And uh, that's what I love about her. Take no prisoners. Yeah. She reminds me of a young Medina. And man, there is a five time world champion sized hole on tour, on the women's tour this year. And there's a fucking conga line of women ready to fill that gap. And uh, I just think. Molly is looking at the absence of uh, Carissa Moore and potentially Steph. I mean, far out. There's rumours going around that she could be pulling the plug as well. Um, that is 
the biggest invitation for someone to say, I, I will, I will wear that crown. I will wear it next. Um, I, I'm so with you, man. I reckon Molly's just so poised. The only worry is like it's a big year. Like if you set looking at the year uh, goal wise for Molly, she'd be like earmarking events to win. She'd be looking at the Olympics, going, "This fucking that gold medal's just sitting there like a juicy plum on the end of the branch." I just want to sink my teeth into that. Um, yeah, it's just about managing the energy, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't seem like she is anything other than destined to fucking grab this year by the horns and just demean it. <laughs> I feel like, uh, apart from Moana, she's got to be the favourite to win at Pipe just yeah. because of her versatility. I mean, we saw in the Vans Pipe Masters how good she was backside out there. You know, she's yeah. showing backside tube technique that yeah. no one else on the women's side of the draw has. Yeah. Obviously, uh, amazing at backdoor. She's won the Vans Pipe Masters. She w- should have won a second one. She melted uh, strategy-wise. I believe she needed like a, a three or a one or so- like something paltry at the end of her heat and, yeah. and just kind of had a little meltdown there and, and, and didn't get the W. Probably uh, kind of gave in to uh, yep. Moana's, I don't know, like presence out there mm. or something, didn't want to hassle. It's, a, it's kind of a weird format there. But, uh, yeah, I think she's... Potentially the favourite given this forecast to win that event. Yeah, yeah man. Um, you know, such a natural born competitor. She'll be up for it. Uh, and I don't think, you know, any... <laughs> this event, she, everything is geared up for, you know, just a fully focused run at this pipe, pipe win. So, yeah, none of that other stuff's going to come into it. Speaking of Steph, where's her head at? It's an interesting question because, look, there's a couple ways you can look at it. Mm. I mean, she's achieved everything there is to ch- achieve in the sport in a material, competitive, trophy-winning sense. But I still think there's plenty of room for improvement in her surfing. I look at waves like pipe, chopes, and cloud break, all hollow lefts, which we've never seen her excel in. In fact, I can barely remember her getting barreled backside. Um, so, you know, look, if she wants to put the time in to get her backside tube riding to a world-class standard, she could well breeze it into the final five with three good results there. Uh, she's lent so hard on her frontside surfing in, in points and, and beach breaks, and she is unparalleled in that category. Uh, it's really a question of how bad does she want it. I mean, at, at this stage of her life, like those little goals of self-improvement, uh, of kind of challenging yourself to get good uh, at weaknesses, that they can be a, a, an amazing elixir uh, and really kind of pep you up and, and get the, the neural plasticity revving up. You're learning new things <laughs> at, at a later stage. Um, motivation, far out, man. I mean, she's won eight world titles. Like, I, I don't know what else there is to gain apart from, you know, becoming the undisputed goat uh, and challenging Slater for 11. It's all possible. Uh, There's still plenty of time left in her career. But, you know, look, her longtime rival, Carissa, you know, probably the reason she gets out of bed in the morning is just quit. And what's Batman without the Joker Vaughn? (laughs) Just some weird cunt in a mask wearing his undies over his pants. Is Steph Batman or is Molly Picklin the Riddler here to shit Steph so bad? that she's going to fire up and take some fucking heads oh, off man. just to prove a point to these pesky millennials. Yeah, look, I've done no digging. As the scarters just rev up behind us, you'll probably be able to hear these sounds of the Australian summer behind me maybe right now. But, mate, oh, look, I haven't done any digging into the rumours that are going around, but... We interrupt this program for breaking Ain't That Swell News on Blitzed. Whoa, hold the phone, Vaughn. Whoa. Some big breaking news. Holy... Literally. 
Dooley. The moment we pressed stop on recording, it's been announced Steph Gilmore is packing a bag. She's off it. She's done for 2024 at least. Reckon she'll be back in 2025. This is what she had to say on Instagram. I'm planning to take this to a season off as a refresh for myself physically, mentally, and to enjoy following swells and free surfing in new places. I have some projects and trips I want to do which haven't been possible while traveling for the tour season. I'm still passionate and dedicated to competing, and I have goals and dreams that I am still chasing. I'm excited for something fresh this year, and I look forward to returning to competition in 2025. Uh, You'll see just beneath that, Carissa Moore on the thread saying, let's go. 200 likes on that. Uh, Yeah. Lane Beachley, you've earned the right to do whatever you want to do, champ. Live your best life. Uh, Alana Blanchard, so excited for you. Uh, Mick Fanning, go enjoy. Best time to go do you. Uh, Paige Arms, maybe a dabble in big waves. <laughs> wow, Just Caroline Marks, will miss you, Gilmore. WSL, bring on 2025 love heart symbol. Oh, glass, grass oh. straws potentially there. <laughs> Is that? Like- I don't know if we're going to see her back. <laughs> No, that's wild, Smithy. That's 13 world titles out the door, brah. Chris, Auntie Riss and Queen Steph. Gone, gone, gone. Well, the rumours proved to be true, man. Um, the likelihood of her taking a year off and coming back uh, in 2025, the WSL. Oh, Jesus, the, the cries of a desperate former lover. Keeping the, the, the torch lit for uh, one more rendezvous in a dark alley at some, some nightclub. Oh, dear, Smithy. Wow. Well, doesn't this put a rocket up the next generation, though? Holy smokes. That's two titans. Uh, you're never going to have an easy heat against either of those women. So uh, that is a wild start to the new year for the Women's World Tour. I mean, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but is it the fact that she's looking at Pipeline, Chopes, Cloud Break, Chopes for the Olympics as well. Did she qualify for the Olympics? No, nah, no. Nah. Well, even nah. so, that's uh, three consequential left slabs. Can't remember ever going backside uh, in a solid tube. Mm. So uh, maybe she's jumping shit before the asterisks oh, come damn. her way. Yeah, well, uh, pretty exciting. Uh, it's exciting for Steph, like fully froth and stoked for her. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, I mean, when you lose your, your main rival, you, the, the motivation for getting up in the morning and, and having a, a crack or, or not wanting to, your legacy to be sort of run down, uh, you know, there's a lot of space between who's the next closest, Tyler Wright, two world titles, and uh, where Steph, Steph Gilmore's at. So, huge call. Far out the Women World Tour is going to look different this year. Yeah. Wow, it's the end of an era. It's totally Amazing. the end of an era. Made uh, a couple of other little updates from the Woz. Zhao uh, Xianka is injured officially. He won't surf the first two events, meaning Hamsi uh, Buhaim, the great Moroccan goofy footer who got stitched to larks when he got snafu'd and snavelled. He's spot on tour. The injury wildcard or wildcard, I don't, they don't really tell you what the wildcard's for anymore, but it got completely greedily gobbled up by the bleating goat. He'll finally get his chance, mate. He'll finally have a shot at the big leagues. On you, Hamsi Buhaim. Yeah, and as you say, mate, that means uh, the Zhao injury. Nastier. Nasty. Very, very nasty. Mate, that happened, uh, what, almost, what are we, like almost two months ago? Uh, So, yeah, you really wonder uh, what his tour future is going to look like. Hope he's okay. Fuck, man. Psycho. I mean, near-death experiences at Pipe. 
you saw how long it took Kalar Grace to come back, and it's in a similar category to that by the sounds of things. Uh, mate, uh, two unbelievable injuries to come out of that event. Yeah. Obviously, Emio Zermak as well, stuck in Hawaii uh, uh, with a $55,000 medical bill. He's had to resort to a GoFundMe to yep. try and generate money. So, mate, it just goes to show how risky that wave is, uh, especially getting your reps in, uh, you know, chatting to Liam O'Brien, talking about that risk versus reward scenario of trying to get your reps in out there but not get injured. Mate, it's hard, isn't it? What do you do? Do you go out there and uh, try and pack a few before the comp and, and risk breaking your leg like Liam or getting knocked unconscious mm. like Jow? <sighs> and even once the competition starts, I mean, far out. You, you can't really go hell for leather. There has to be a, a, an element of calculated risk. We saw what happened to Bede. Yeah. His pelvis there pretty much ended his CT career. It, it really is a, a gladiatorial oh. arena. And uh, just because you're in a contest jersey, that doesn't protect you. Well, there's two other fresh faces who are going to have to get used to that lineup pretty quick. Uh, Luana Silva has already been announced as Steph Gilmore's replacement. For uh, the year, and our Soph, mate, our Sophie McCulloch back on tour, Smithy, in, in place of uh, Carissa Moore. I've got a lot of time and a lot of froth for Sophie McCulloch. Rips, real surgical, really fucking has a bit of mongrel about her, a quiet mongrel. She's not one to, uh, you know, show pony about. She's just a quiet achiever from the North Shore Board Riders Club. Uh, had a taste of CT life as well, and good to see her back as well. So, man, tumultuous events in the lead-up to the uh, first CT in just five days' time. Dark Horse Vaughan, got to be our Sal. Our Sal! Go, Sally! Look, Get uh, up far out. An- another really fascinating storyline in the 2024 season. Uh, look... There's no reason why she can't get to the final five. She's been there before. Um, you know, none of the waves prior to the cut rely on that super quick twitch brand of surfing. They're all of the, the long period powerful variety, which tend to favour ocean knowledge, heat IQ and, and experience. Mm. And we know how hard she rips in out of the water. Uh, we know how much this means to her. We saw a breakdown in tears on the broadcast after getting the news, she'd re-qualified. That was amazing, wasn't oh, it? I'm sure you caught brother. that. Fucking the happiest thing. Like, if there's one surfer on tour whose motivation you do not have to question, it's Sally Fitz. It's as clear as day what her intentions are, Smithy. She's out there to make the final five, mate. She's not out there to fucking miss the cut. She's not out there for anything other than fucking pro-surfing excellence at the highest level. Our Sal. Fuck, I wish she was in the Olympics again. I'd be frothing at the bit to see her back in the fucking green and gold. When surfers hit their 30s, it's interesting. They're kind of an unknown quantity because they can go two different directions. They can just decline into mediocrity and become the classical East Coast Australian beer toad living <laughs> off the fumes of their once, you know, world to a final back yep. in 1995. Or they can go the other way. They can go the the, the Grant Twiggy Baker, Kelly Slater, yep. Pete Mel, Eternal. and just rip in like yep. a maniac off the pier to get the full beans and brown rice eight-pack yep. going and, and then continue to rip so hard. Um, we're still kind of figuring out what the peak age of performance is in this sport. We don't really know. Like in terms of uh, your quick twitch kind of muscle fibres and that uh, electric uh, really fast reflex surfing. It, it tends to come kind of in your early to mid-20s, mm. but when you're in the, the, the long period juice, uh, yeah, that, 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 that 
kind of peak performance data point, it starts to move around a lot and uh, gets very unpredictable. So if we get quality waves this year, that will definitely play into Sally's favour being a, a, an older tour competitor. Yeah. Hey, Sal for one last world title tilt. Why not? Why get not, in, mate. sis. Get Rip in, in mate. The grower from Jeroa. <laughs> the grit merchant from down south, Smithy. Fuck, it'll be a fairy tale for the ages, man. Just get to the top five and fucking anything can happen. That's for sure. We know that. Uh, Steph has proved it. So I would just love, you know, uh, there's a wave that Sal got uh, at the Narrabeen Changers. And it was just, it said everything to me about just the fire inside that woman. You know, it's a fucking beastly car park ride. She just parks it in there, gets spat out, and it's like, it's like pure fucking belief, intention, desire, and uh, just the feels. The feels that you know you're fucking destined for another go around. I'm so frothing for Sal, mate. And she'll be one surfer I'll be watching closely throughout, uh, not just the Lexus Pipe Pro, but throughout 2024, mate. I just would be so thrilled to see her get that top five. Two debutants, just two new faces. Sawyer Lindblad, 18, from where else but San Clemente. Jeez. What a year they had on the Challenger Series, the Southern Californians. Uh, she won the first QS she ever entered as a 14-year-old. Actually beat the reigning world champ, Caroline Marks, in the final of the all-girl Supergirl event in 2022. Mm. Uh, backside is her go-to. Big waves are her downfall. Wants to study law and criminology. By correspondence while doing the tour. And the other fresh face, Alyssa Spencer, another Southern Californian, giving it a red-hot crack, 20 years old, 5'6", 54 kilograms from Encinitas, the hotbed of Californian surfing, the cousin of San Clemente, the home of Rob Machado, Taylor Knox, Ryan Birch. Rusty Miller. Joel Tudor, Rusty Miller, and many (laughs) others. uh, Missed out by just a couple of spots multiple times before finally cracking Mm. the world tour. Says she's got some work to do in the heavy water arena as well. Yeah. Oh, I don't see the wildcards challenging too hard on this year's tour, uh, nor at Pipeline. But, you know, it'll be good to see a couple of fresh faces in there, Smithy. And, um, well, they're both full-time qualifiers, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good breakdown, man. I enjoyed that thoroughly. Uh, who are your winners? Who are your winners for this This pipe comp. I'm just going to put you on the spot. I know it's a fucking dog's brekkie, this forecast, but if you're going to just uh, put your neck on the chopping block, who are you backing in, men's and women's? Molly Picklum and Jack Robinson. Molly Picklum in a, uh, a a pipeline backdoor, you know, getting the full gamut of waves and uh, opportunities out there. And Jack Robbo, I mean, look, sadly we're relying, we're, we're talking about a perfect world scenario. We get proper waves. If it's marginal, Six foot windy kind of backdoor, Philippe Toledo, uh, and again I think Molly Picklin. I I, I just yep. think she's so well versed out there. Yep. Okay. I'm calling a. Oh, this is a tough one, mate. I'm going to call a Medina Chippo final on the men's with wow. Vortex and Chippo in the semi against each other in a fucking just Hot. WA battle off for the fucking ages. Margaret River max <laughs> out. <laughs> it's going to be mental. And then I'm calling. Tyler to win the uh, the women's pipe pro. I just think just headspace, attitude, moxie, fucking just the, uh, the aura of the woman is, I'm in full-blown awe of it. So, uh, yeah, I'm going, uh, Medi- did I say Medina Chippo? 
Yeah, and Medina. Uh, sorry, uh, Chipo for the win. So there you go, Smitty. That's uh, Vornos. Uh, don't bet the house on it, bro. Because, uh, yeah, as, as you know, my picks tend to put the fucking white ants under the buildings that these surfers have done in the off-season. But, uh, mate... Fuck, I'm actually pumped, Smithy. I'm pumped. Come on, Huey. Call Bring it up, you dog. Huey. Bring it up. Petition surfing. Rashes. Oh, yeah. Baby, I can't get enough. Ain't that so presents. Pure, tour nerdism.